Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Supernatural Saturday for May 14th. I am Praying Medic. For those of you who are new to my broadcast, I do a live stream, Supernatural Saturday, on the second Saturday of every month at 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I am glad to have you all join me on this live stream. I'm going to be talking today about a subject that is near and dear to my heart, and it is a, it's a subject that a lot of people have requested. I'm going to talk today about uh, food multiplication and other uh, related miracles. So we have this situation facing us right now where Joe Biden went on national television about a month ago and said we should get ready for food shortages because they're coming. President Trump has been posting his thoughts on the possibility that we're going to have food shortages. If you look at what's happening with the price of oil, look at how Joe Biden has uh, clamped down on drilling and export of oil. Gas prices are going up. I saw yesterday there were headlines. An expert in the petroleum industry who said we're going to see diesel fuel rationing this summer. And that is very troubling because if they start to ration diesel fuel, um, diesel is used by most trucks that deliver food and they deliver everything else to grocery stores, restaurants. If we start to see diesel fuel rationing, you're going to see the price of diesel probably approach $10 a gallon, could go higher than that. Next after that comes rationing of regular gasoline. We actually saw that in the 70s. Um, there was gas rationing. You could only buy gas on either an even or odd numbered uh, day of the month. Uh, it was a little bit uh, frustrating and I think we're going to be seeing some difficult times ahead based on what, you know, just observing the news and the trends and what's happening. So whenever there's a crisis in society, uh, you know, it's easy to become fearful and it's easy to panic. But it's good to remember God always has a way that He responds to crisis. God has answers for us. He has, uh, He wants to provide for our needs. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about overcoming fear. We're going to talk uh, about strategies and tactics for supernatural multiplication of gasoline and food and all kinds of other things. Uh, all right, so I'm going to jump in here and we're going to do uh, a little bit of Bible teaching. <laughs> uh, and we're going to start in uh, the book of Exodus and we're in Exodus chapter 16. Now, Moses led the people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt. Okay, they, they were you know, basically slaves of Pharaoh. And it was a cruel system. But they developed a strange affinity for Egypt because they were taken care of. They had food. And the, the Israelites often lamented that they should not have left Egypt because at least there they were taken care of. Right. So we're going to start out here, Exodus chapter 16, uh, verse 2. Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. 
And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat and we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. So, the Israelites literally saw God open the Red Sea, and they walked across the Red Sea out of Egypt on dry ground. They saw so many miracles in the wilderness. They saw the Lord lead them uh, as a pillar of fire at night. There's this 3,000 foot high pillar of fire going before them, kept them uh, warm, kept them safe. When they crossed the Red Sea, uh, the Lord prevented Pharaoh's army from following them. And then when they did follow them, uh, he killed them all when he, by closing the sea. So we have all these um, miracles where God is doing all these amazing things, and uh, yet the people still want to murmur against God and against Moses, and they want to complain. Uh, just, just like today, we have a lot of people who like to murmur and complain. Uh, they like to push doom porn. They like to uh, tell everyone that nothing's ever going to change, that uh, no one's ever going to be arrested. No one's ever going to be held accountable. The corrupt people always get away with their crimes. Yeah, right? This is, this is mental programming. We have been programmed as a society to think that evil people are never going to be held accountable. You know, evil people in positions of power. Because they've gotten away with their crimes for centuries. And that fact has programmed us to think Nothing's ever going to change. Our system of justice is corrupt. It's flawed. No one's going to be held accountable. No one's going to be prosecuted. They're always going to get away with it. And, and, a, and a lot of people have um, taken the view that uh, Trump gave us a big bait-and-switch program. He didn't deliver on the promises. Uh, and that we're basically a bunch of suckers who would better, have been better off not to even have Trump as our president. So we have these people in our midst who can't seem to ever have anything positive to say. And uh, if you're one of those people, you're probably not in my channel <laughs> in the chat because I have a very low tolerance for people who murmur and complain and, and uh, push doom porn on others. It hurts morale. It, it, I, I sort of run my channel almost like a boot camp. And we're digital soldiers, we're, we're God's army, and morale is of the highest importance. And we need to keep our, our morale high. We need to be filled with faith, not fear, doubt, anxiety, and worry. So when people come into my chat and start pushing doom porn, um, I usually pretty quickly kick them out of my, my, my chat. Because you know what, you're, you're entitled to your opinion, and you're entitled to have your opinion somewhere else. Uh, I'm. I'm not going to uh, <laughs> allow uh, people in, in my sphere to be dis become discouraged and fearful because uh, some individuals can't get rid of this programming in their mind that says things are never going to change. Things are going to change. Things are going to change a lot. And I'm going to continue reading here in Exodus 16. Uh, so the people were complaining to Moses. 
Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. All right. So God said, okay, well, the people are complaining. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to rain down bread from heaven. <laughs> if, if they think that they've come to the wilderness to die, God says, no, you know, I'm going to feed them. Not only did he give them bread from heaven, he also gave them quail in the evening. God wanted to and did provide for their needs in the wilderness. Their sandals didn't wear out. Their clothing didn't wear out. Can you imagine buying a pair of shoes and, and having your shoes last for 40 years and not have to buy another pair of shoes? God provided for them supernaturally. Took care of all their needs. Clothing, sandals. When they needed water, they got water from the rock. God gave them food. He provided all their needs. And that God who provided for their needs is the same God uh, today who's going to provide for our needs in the coming days. He most certainly is going to work miracles. And if you are filled with faith, you are going to see these miracles happen. Now, let's jump over to, let's go to Matthew chapter six. Um, all right, we're gonna go down to um, verse 25, Matthew chapter six, Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is sort of wrapping up uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And he said to the people that were listening, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. All right, so he's addressing food, water, and clothing. Don't worry about it. All right, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed as one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. All right. Jesus here is explaining to his people that um, in the same way that God provided for the physical needs of the Israelites in the wilderness, God will provide for their needs if they seek him first, if they put him first, prioritizing the kingdom of God first, God will provide what they need. He'll take care of them. All right, now, Going to go to Luke chapter 8. All right, so Luke chapter 8 is an interesting chapter. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but 
in Luke chapter 8, we read the story where Jesus um, cast out the demon called Legion from the man from Gadara. And then Jairus, one of the leaders of the synagogue, came to him and said, Hey, Jesus, can you come and heal my daughter? She's sick. And Jesus was on his way to the house of Jairus. And as he was on his way, it, we, we're going to pick this up uh, in uh, verse 42. So Jairus had a daughter. She was about 12 years of age. She was sick and she was dying. But as they went, the multitudes thronged him. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians, could not be healed by any. She came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, Who touched me? But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceived power going out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling, falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she had been healed. All right. So <laughs> this is one miracle. Now, they go to Jairus' house and, um, well, his daughter is dead. <laughs> Jesus speaks a word to her and raises her from the dead. Okay. So we have a, an exorcism or casting out demons at the beginning of uh, chapter 8. Power flows out of Jesus, heals a woman, and then he raises someone from the dead. Now these are just examples of the kind of miracles that Jesus was working. Now, we're going to go to Luke chapter 9, the very next chapter. The disciples had been watching Jesus do all these miracles, raising the dead, healing, casting out demons. Chapter 9, verse 1. Then Jesus called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said unto them, Take nothing for the journey, neither staffs, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics. Whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart and whoever will not receive you when you go out of that city, shake off the dust of your feet as a testimony against it. So Jesus told his disciples, don't worry about taking food. Don't worry about taking money. God's going to provide what you need uh, through the people that you're going to stay with. All right. Again, the provision of God and the wisdom of God providing for his disciples. Now, again, verse 1, he gave them power and authority over demons and to heal or cure diseases. So as the disciples of Jesus, we have been given power and authority to work miracles. Which means we don't have to beg God for healing. We don't have to beg God to cast out demons. We can cast the demons out because Jesus gives us authority to do it. And the power of God for miracles is the Holy Spirit living in us. We release that power, and it works miracles. All right. So, are we clear? <laughs> now, uh, we're going to skip down. We're still in Luke chapter 9. We're going to go down to verse 10. And the apostles, when they had returned, uh, after, so Jesus sent out the apostles to heal the sick from all the cities. When they came back, this is picking up in uh, verse 10. 
The apostles, when they had returned, they told them all the things they had done. Then he took them and went aside privately into a deserted place belonging to the city called Bethsaida. But when the multitude knew it, they followed him and received. he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God. And he healed all those who needed healing. So he's trying to go away with the disciples alone. The multitudes of people see him and they follow him. And he, what does he do? He, he teaches about the kingdom of God and heals everyone who needed healing. All right, so the, the commission Jesus gave his disciples is preach or teach about the kingdom. And that's what I do. I'm a kingdom teacher. I teach people about the kingdom of God. I teach them about the supernatural God of the universe who cannot help but do supernatural things because that's his nature. God cannot stop being supernatural. That's how he is. That is the definition of his existence. He is a supernatural God. Uh, we tend to think in life in terms of the natural. God uh, always thinks in terms of the supernatural because that's how he exists. He can't stop being that way. Jesus healed everyone who ever came to him for healing. He never turned anyone away. So the will of God is for us to be healed. And uh, that's, that's the commission. It's not the Great Commission, but it's part of the Great Commission. Great Commission is to preach the kingdom to every creature. The other part of it is healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, uh, curing the incurable diseases, that's our job. All right, now, so the multitude is following Jesus and the disciples. When the day began to wear away, the twelve came to him and said, Lord, send the multitude away, that they may go into the surrounding towns and country, and lodge and get provisions, for we are in a deserted place here. There wasn't any food. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. <laughs> so, we have a crisis here. We have a crisis of food. It's at the end of the day. There are thousands of people following them. And the disciples are like, you know, you know, these people are going to be hungry and we should maybe send them away while there's a little bit of daylight left so they can get something to eat. They have a crisis and they say, Lord, the answer is send people away. They have them go get food. Jesus says, no, you are going to give them something to eat. Okay. He didn't say, hey, guys, don't worry, I got this. I'm just going to multiply all the food and we're going to feed everybody. He told the disciples, I want you to give them something to eat. So the disciples are thinking, well, how are we going to do that? <laughs> now, they have been watching Jesus now for months, healing the sick, raising the dead, and working miracles. So they probably started to think, okay, he, we got some, some kind of a plan here. We, he just hasn't revealed it yet. All right. So they said... We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men, not to mention women and children. Then he said to the disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so, and he made, they made them all sit down. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish, looked up to heaven, he blessed and broke them, and gave them back to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled, and 12 baskets of leftover fragments were taken up by them. All right. So 
unlike what a lot of people teach about this passage. And if you're curious, this particular um, passage, there's parallel passages in all the Gospels. The parallel passage uh, in the Gospel of Mark is in Mark 6. There's a parallel passage, passage in Matthew 14 and then in John chapter 6. And if you read all the parallel passages, you'll see the same thing. Uh, it's often taught that Jesus multiplied the fish and loaves and gave the multiplied food back to the disciples. But that's not what happened. Jesus prayed over the, uh, he blessed the two fish and the loaves and gave those two fish and loaves back to the disciples before they were multiplied. And then he said, okay, hand them out. And you're going to go feed uh, thousands of people. Now, <laughs> what is going through the minds of the disciples? They see thousands of people. They have two fish and five loaves. They must think, well, uh, Lord, you must have a plan. So we're just going to, by faith, we're going to start passing this stuff out and see what happens. And they began to pass it out. And as they passed it out, it multiplied. Now think about that. Jesus didn't command the food to multiply. The disciples didn't command the food to multiply. They simply began to distribute the food and it multiplied as they handed it out. And over the last 12 years, I've heard quite a few testimonies from people who have had a very similar thing happen. Uh, they went to a community outreach. They were you know, going to feed what they thought was going to be 50 or 75 people who would show up. They had 200 people show up. They didn't have enough food. They prayed over it, and as they handed it out, it multiplied. And they had enough food to feed everybody and leftover. I can't tell you how many testimonies I've heard over the last 12 years of people who saw food multiply when they simply had faith and they decided in their hearts, okay, God's going to have to make this food multiply to feed all these people that we didn't plan for. And, you know, God will sometimes do that. He will draw in extra people for your event that you didn't anticipate. And, you know, what did the Lord say when he was going to make the bread come down from heaven? He said, I'm going to test them to see if they'll walk in my ways. Right? This was a test. In a sense, these things that are going to happen to us, they're, they're tests. The Lord is, in a sense, He's testing us. He wants to see if, if we have faith. He, he wants to find out, you know, where are we at? Uh, do we understand His nature? Do we understand His kingdom? And the, the events that we're going to be facing in the next six months, it's a test. It's a test of our faith. Now, faith is the issue in all of this. When the disciples are trying to cast out a demon from a boy, and that's recorded in Matthew 17, they came to the Lord privately and said, Lord, why couldn't we cast it out? And he said, because of your unbelief. Right? We, we cast out demons, we heal the sick, multiply food, everything we do, in the authority and power of God, we do by faith. Faith is a thing that works miracles. Unbelief is a thing that will kill them. And if you have fear, doubt, and unbelief, it's going to be very difficult for you to see 
God's kingdom manifest in your life. The people that I've talked to who have seen these uh, multiplication of food miracles, they just believed that God was going to do it. They just had a knowing. They had a, a knowing that, okay, well, you know what? I, I need more of this and I don't have, I don't have enough food. God, you're just going to have to multiply it. And they just trusted that God would multiply it. And he did. Now, I'm going to read a couple of testimonies uh, that I shared in my Telegram channel a couple of months ago. This one was from Cheryl Fritz. Uh, Cheryl is a friend of mine. Uh, we used to hang out on Facebook quite a bit. Um, she was the leader of a group where they, they talked about the supernatural healings, miracles of all kinds. So she shared this testimony. Uh, a friend of mine named Anna Ryan sent me this short testimony. So this is from Anna Ryan. She said, a few months ago, I shared with you about my food multiplying. As just one example, I had used the same recipe for homemade biscuits for years. I've also used the same cookie cutter for those biscuits. Week after week, month after month, year after year, I usually got exactly nine biscuits. Then, during a time of need, it mysteriously stretched to making 15 biscuits. Well, today I was making the same recipe again, and as I did, I felt the anointing flow from my hands into the dough. To my amazement, I made 20 biscuits from the same recipe. <laughs> All right, it's that simple. You don't have to pray over your, your dough and make it, make it stretch. I mean, you can if you want to, but you don't have to. Uh, she said, I felt the anointing flow, right? She probably felt the presence of God, the tangible presence of God, and realized, oh, God's doing something here. So here's another testimony. This is from Anna Benson. We had just returned from a term of service in Indonesia, with an 18-month-old baby, and we were getting established in a new ministry in Indiana. A friend gave us an, a number of pounds of frozen beef from their farm. We kept it in the freezer out in the garage. Every time I needed more, I would bring in a pound or two from the refrigerator. After it seemed a long time had elapsed, I suddenly realized that uh, it seemed that the supply of frozen beef didn't seem to be running out. It should have run out a long time ago, and it wasn't anywhere near to running out even yet. I'll always believe that our modest gift of frozen beef multiplied for an unbelievably long time. It eventually came to an end, but I will always believe that the power of God will supernaturally extend our supplies. So that's another example. Uh, God will supernaturally multiply what you have to meet your needs. He does it with gas. Uh, in the same uh, time frame, I think January, February, and March uh, in Telegram, I was posting all kinds of testimonies from people. They were just sharing their testimonies of how God had multiplied uh, various things. A lot of these uh, people had seen their gas tanks um, filled, or they ran out of gas in the middle of nowhere, and they were able to drive another 100 miles on an empty tank of gas just believing that God was going to get them there because they either couldn't afford or there wasn't gas available. When it comes to this issue of um, the supply of gas and gas rationing and increasing fuel prices in this, uh, I think we're going to enter a period of hyperinflation pretty soon. Right? You can panic, you can freak out, and you can worry and wring your hands about you know, life getting more difficult. Or 
you can expect that God is going to work miracles and he's going to fill up your gas tank supernaturally and he's going to multiply the food that you have on hand and one of the keys to this is especially with food multiplication if your heart is to help other people in need God is going to multiply what you have if your heart is only to take care of yourself well he may multiply your food but if your heart is to serve others to feed others to be a light on a hill that gives people hope and that glorifies God you can expect that God is going to multiply uh, your food because he wants people to know he is a loving compassionate generous God who can meet all of our needs and in the coming days we're going to need that um, I believe that the time that we're going to see in the future is going to be a time of difficulty but it's going to be a time of great blessing God is going to do amazing things that we can't even imagine right now I, I'm just giving you kind of a hint uh, little glimpses of what's possible I know that God is going to do amazing things in the future things way beyond what we can imagine and if you are a person of faith if you will you know reject the black pill if you will be a person of faith and just trust that God is going to meet your needs he will blow your mind the things he's going to do um, all right that is all I have for you on this episode of Supernatural Saturday uh, like I said I, I do these broadcasts every second Saturday of every month at 1 o'clock Eastern uh, it is a joy to get on here and do these broadcasts um, I, I'm going to be uh, hopefully posting more on True Social in the coming days uh, I am tracking I'm aware of what's going on with True Social that there's a thread ca uh, capacity now on the web app uh, I have been able to log in on the web uh, I don't even have an iPhone I'm using Denise's uh, iPad to get on there but I will be on there more often but I'm still gonna be here on telegram I'm gonna try to focus most of my energy here on telegram uh, helping people understand what God wants to do in the coming days alright that's my message for today thanks for tuning in please keep me and Denise in prayer keep President Trump in prayer uh, a lot of children have been abused and neglected by the evil people in power around this world I would ask that you keep them the children in prayer Love you all. Take care. I'll catch you on the next broadcast.